tuning in to the online broadcast network. After Buzz TV, over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries, and your number one source for after show entertainment. <laughs> TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hey, Agent Carter fans, welcome to the premiere AfterBuzz TV After Show for Marvel's Agent Carter. Guys, I'm your host, Zach Wilson. I'm donning a fedora. Yes, because you it are. is period appropriate. Sure. Uh, guys, I'm so excited to talk about this show. I have a fantastic panel together with me this week. Jesse Klein. Hey, how's it going, everyone? And Megan Salinas. Hey there, agents. I'm so excited. This was, I want to talk, as we get into it, I want to talk expectations right at the top. What were you guys thinking coming into the show? We've had an incredibly strong Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. show so far this season, which if you're not watching <laughs> the AfterBuzz TV Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. panel with me, Megan, and another couple of hosts, you should be. Well, I, I'm going to go ahead and say that I'm not the type of person that really gets her hopes up. I, I try to keep my expectations low because I've been hurt before. Mm-hmm. I've been hurt before. Mm-hmm. And so for this show in particular, I, I tried to keep my expectations low. But in all honesty, despite my, you know, not wanting to have expectations for anything, I was still, just because of how good Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has been over the last couple months slash year, I was really confident that this show was going to be good. I I didn't necessarily have, like I said, high expectations, but I was confident that it would be a good show. Yeah, I was pretty jazzed for it because of the short that went with Iron Man 3, like the little yeah. like, Agent Carter yeah, short. Yeah, I, I rewatched it today. It's yeah. really good. It's really good and like really well done. And I was getting a lot of, uh, I don't know if you guys ever watched uh, Young Indiana Jones, but I was, <laughs> I, was getting, I was getting a lot of Young Indiana Jones vibes from it. Like, you know, we're fighting Nazis, it's the 40s, like I'm just, it's a cool period of time for espionage to be happening. And like to have a like such a strong team producing it, I was like, this is going to be pretty good. I was expecting it to be pretty good. Yeah, we'll see if it delivered later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who knows? Seven weeks from now, we might be like, oh man, that's when are we going to get back to Colson and the, 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 the guy <laughs> and all those people? Car. No, um, I my expectations are were pretty high coming into this. My expectations are always going to be high for Marvel. I they've yeah. set the bar unbelievably high for themselves uh, to their benefit or drawback, depending on how you look at it. They... The fact that Guardians of the Galaxy was a smash hit just puts anything that they put their name on ultimately has massive requirements. Marvel, what are you thinking? Just shoot for (laughs) mediocre. If you just go for mediocre, then you won't hurt our feelings ever, Marvel. What are you thinking? Um, But, like, what I... What I'm excited about on the show, and I want to get into, like, why it's important, like, there's a lot of what this show does, not just for a good good TV, but for television as a whole. Um, But first, I want to give a shout, let everybody know, um, we are going to be paying attention to Twitter as we are doing this show live. 
Uh, today it's on YouTube. We're going to be on YouTube as often as we possibly can. That's pretty cool. Um, you, so you guys can watch live right after the show airs West Coast time. Um, and you can join on, uh, join in on the conversation and let us know what you're thinking. So we're going to have our, give out our Twitter handles. Uh, Megan, so where can they tweet at you? Uh, you can tweet at me at the Menguin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. Uh, you can find me at JessKlein1. That's J-E-S-S-K-L-E-I-N, the number one. And you guys can tweet at me at that Zach Wilson, T-H-A-T-Z-A-C-H-W-I-L-S-O-N. And we'll be following along. So let us know what you're thinking as we go along with the show. Tweet at the show at hashtag ABTV Agent Carter. Yeah. Thank you, Stephen Lemieux. Um, so uh, basically what I'm the thing that I, I strive for on the show that I'm really excited about is that what this show does is it it's the first – I, w- I will say, like, nerdy, like, comic book show <laughs> on a network. Sh- on a network. Sure. It's on a major network. Yeah. And it is led by a woman. Yeah. yeah. That's new to TV. There have been female-led shows. Yeah. But for a comic book show like this to take a... They're taking a swing. Uh, what about Wonder Woman? Oh, <laughs> you talking, that well, hurts. Okay. Oh, no, I'm talking, oh, no, no, talking, talking about the old, old series. Woman. And yeah. you're right. You're right. Yeah. In the modern era. In, yeah. in the modern era. It's been, that, it's been years. It's been, say, it's been a long when time. Was the la- if Wonder yeah. Woman was the last time this happened, yeah. that says a lot. And yeah. Wow. For sure. Actually, that's really sad. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was agreeing with you. I just knew the internet would, would revolt. No, you're right. I forgot you. about that for a moment. Yeah. But I, I was Carter talking about the, the modern, yes. like, how, it, again, We like how many to keep years? our facts straight. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, so, with that said, like, and I also just love the interconnectedness of television that's being, that's being done here. Like, S.H.I.E.L.D. was giving us previews of this that's yeah. going to tie into, I'm sure, whatever is going on with Stark and all of these crazy, uh, the bad, the bad babies. Yeah. How uh, nice is it to see just these two people again? Just Stark and, and oh, Peggy. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, well, it's also taking place at such an interesting time to be a woman. Like, it, it starts off at the top where it's like, all of the men are coming back from the war. They're taking all of their jobs back that all of these women had. Like, they were independent. They didn't need men. They didn't need, they didn't need men. They, <laughs> uh, they, uh, they were like doing riveting jobs and they're like doing like really hardcore like construction work and now all of a sudden they're being asked to go back to being like just like housewives housewives and stuff like that so it's a really interesting time culturally to have a show that has a female lead as well and that's absolutely what's happening here peggy not quite the same because she was on the war front and not at home but she was she had a huge part in the war yeah. she effectively stopped helped stop the red skull from destroying the entire world. Well, I mean, if you believe the radio show, most of <laughs> what she did, Agent <laughs> Carver is Agent, Agent Carver mostly well, so. They made her in, then, in the in the radio show within the show. They made her a nurse. Yeah, save me, Captain America. Oh my God, I want oh, so it's so good. It's but so yeah. funny. So let's let's now talk about like all of the punch these... noises in the show will be me hitting a ham <laughs> underneath the desk. Biff, pow. <laughs> Oh, or breaking lobsters <laughs> for <Yeah>. bones. Yeah. <laughs> um, that I hope that that is that becomes a through line in the entire eight uh, seven weeks because that's just a fun. It's so fun. It's so forties, and it's so comic booky. Yeah. Um, 
Oh, no. I, I'm, for one, I'm a huge fan of radio dramas, period. So to actually hear, you know, this radio drama that is kind of parroting what is actually happening, but also in a weird way kind of paralleling it as well, it's kind of cool and really fun. And obviously it's going to be the source of a lot of comedy at poor Peggy's expense. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so – and. So what do you guys think of the, where Peggy starts? So we, we start out with her sort um with listening to we get that little recap of Captain America, which I guess you you do need yeah. a little bit. You want to like get off where she is and it, it also serves as like how her brain is working at this yeah. point. That's all she can see and all she can think about is those last few moments that she had with Steve before he quote unquote died. Well, it's interesting because she even says, like, when she was in the war, she had a purpose. Like, she knew what she had to do. They were there. They were fighting the Nazis. That was what she was doing. And now that she's back home, she doesn't really feel like she's got a mission, which is, like, what a lot of soldiers always complain about when they come home is that, like, they feel like when they come home, they don't know where to go next because they're so used to having, like, a mission or, like, a thing that they were supposed to be doing. And then they come home, and it's like they've got so many options. Like they don't, they don't really know what there, to do next, and there are no orders to follow. Yeah. Only for poor Peggy, her orders are get the coffee and <laughs> yeah. file these papers for us. Let the big boys talk. Yeah, the alphabet. <laughs> and it's really too bad if, if you remember in the one shot. Yeah, it's sort of they put her in the same place, which I get. You kind of have to forget that that happens Existed, a little bit because yeah. she had that little that same little arc where she's like they're making her do the like, pushing papers and do nonsense she's not allowed in the field and she takes over in the field and like destroys them all in one single-handedly yeah. and then gets the call from howard stark like she's gonna come run shield with us in dc yeah um uh, and then there's like shh, shh, shh. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, 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 no. i think we can sort of take that like she got sent on this mission, like, sent there, and then, like, Howard Stark had a falling out. So yeah. that's, she gets sent back down. Yeah. But, like, right now, she's definitely, like, the second-class citizen of spies. Yeah. Well, it's, and the, it, the sexism of the time rings completely through, like, throughout, the I'm sure, show, not yeah. just these two episodes, but yeah. it's going to be a constant theme, because that's what it, it was like at the time. Um, for everything from the the creeper in the restaurant uh, with Angie, yeah. sure. <laughs> um, to to her bosses, but uh, when they're referring to Captain America's liaison, <laughs> how? Like honestly, I was so ticked after that because with the way that just the inflection that he uses, with he's like, you know exactly what he's inferring when he says liaison. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like oh, she is amazing, and you suck. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> um. At Jillybean729 uh, says that I, she says to Zach, you better have some great theories and stuff for us, just like the S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> just you wait. <laughs> I'll get into that once we get to Leviathan and the Bad Babies and all that stuff. Who, it's going to be a lot of fun. Who was disappointed that Bad Babies weren't just giant babies that were bad? <laughs> I, I was really hoping that Howard Stark just had a vault full of really just bad babies. They're just so bad. I mean, what I what I really love about the way Howard Stark is portrayed here is how much he lines up with Tony Stark. Yeah, yeah. Um, the par the parallels are like not they, they don't hit you over the head with them, but they're very apparent. I mean, he is his father's son. He's for being sure. brought to war like tribunals, basically. <laughs> For weapons falling into the hands of U.S. enemies. It's literally the plot of the first Iron Man movie. <laughs> and 
And again, he is being really flippant with the people who are. Did you unknowingly like (laughs) sell these weapons to like enemies of the United States? It's like by definition, I would I have no answer to that. Like, yeah, Um, that was Iron Man two, and there's there's another Iron Man two parallel that you actually caught. Yeah, Vanko. Oh yeah, they they very clearly dropped the name Vanko. They they say his name like three times in that short little snip scene, and it has to be the scientist father of Ivan Vanko, who is. Uh, the Iron Man 2 version of Whiplash, because there are two, there are technically two Whiplashes running around the MCU right now. (laughs) It's hard to keep them straight. Um, Well, because the Iron Man 2 was kind of like the, uh, what was it, the the Russian, like, version of Iron Man, uh, what was his name? The, uh, I'm forgetting it. That really bothers me. Yeah, there's like a Russian version of Iron Man as well, and like, they kind of combined both those characters together. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Iron the Comrade. You know. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Iron Comrade. It, um, it bothers me that I forgot his name. Either, either way. Yeah. Um, but Howard Stark, so we start out, and he's basically on the run now. Yeah. And with the uh, the SSR tracking him. Yeah. Um, which is not, which I would say that's not at all where I expected this show to go. Um, yeah, I thought it was going to be like a freak a week thing with like uh, Howard Stark being like, "Okay, here's the next thing, go get it," <laughs> and like the SSR being like, "Yes, sir." Then and, it like, really them, would be like a, a little Indiana Jones esque show. We're yes, going on a would. treasure hunt each yeah. week. I mean, effectively, that's what we're getting, though, right? Because it, it he is. is the, there's more to yeah. it that we haven't seen yet. Yeah, from a storytelling standpoint, like it's much more interesting than just like Stark being like, "Go get this now," and like, "Go get that," because now it's a redemption arc instead of just. Like, go stop these freaks every single week. Yeah. Which is what, like, a lot of shows like this kind of have the potential to be. And, like, a lot of them start that way, where it's like, here's the thing, and then we solve it by the end of the episode. It's sort of like the fir- the beginning of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. When yeah. they, while they were, like, waiting for Winter Soldier to come out. <laughs> yeah. Um, where they're sort of stalled on the week-to-week. And then now they can do the week-to-week while threading through... There's something else crazy going on. There's some crazy thing called Leviathan that's yeah. going to destroy everything. Well, yeah, I like that. I like that this is less episodic and that you know they have a beginning, middle, and end planned for this mini mini series. I'm, yeah. I'm really excited about that. Yeah, um, but I, uh, the cutesiness of Howard Stark is fun. <laughs> yeah, like the fact that, and I love the reveal. And like I knew what he, I knew what was happening because I'd seen previews and I knew the casting and everything. Yeah. But when they revealed Jarvis, oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> uh, it's so good. I can't tell you how disappointed I was in when I love the original Iron Man movie, but uh, I was so disappointed when uh, when Jarvis was a robot and not an actual, or like a an AI and not an actual butler. I was like, oh man. You got your I, wish. I want Jarvis, and now I got Jarvis, so I'm really excited. <laughs> it's a little late, but hey, you got it. It's better you late than it. never, yeah. We we actually have a few comments on Twitter, one of which relates to Arvis. Boomtown on Twitter wanted us to wanted us to make sure uh, that we missed Nikita and Buffy talking about female-led shows. So thank you, but we're, oh, we're yeah, specifically sure. talking Buffy's about a, comic book shows. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I mean, Buffy, was a, she's not wrong. Yeah, and yeah. Nikita, um, Nikita was a French comic book. Was it? Oh, well, I am wrong then. I am way, I'm not above that. The, but, the, the point is that it's so far, few and far between. And Buffy yeah. was on not a major network. It was on a national network, but 
it was on. It's not. It was ABC, on UPN and yeah. WB. Let's be honest. Yes. Point is, it's still been a long time since Buffy and Nikita. Okay, great. One. <laughs> this but. is like this is what, what makes it stand out is that this is a what ABC is pushing this as like a flagship show. This yeah. is like their big thing. They're promoting it everywhere. The way it's being tre- it's way the way it's being treated by the media more than anything else. It's not like oh, there's this little vampire hunter thing that we're doing for like yeah, no. no money. No, they are pumping everything into They're, the show. Yeah, it's it's a huge deal. It's on ABC. That's like the big channel. Yeah. So like it's it's huge, and that's exciting. Going back to Jarvis, do you? Uh, we have Matthew Nul- uh, Nunley. Sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. Do we believe that Jarvis is actually married? That's an interesting question. Ooh. We never saw the wife. That's true. He did call out to somebody, but... But we never even heard her voice. Do we think it's Howard Stark is the wife? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that would that would make a lot of sense. I mean, that he never really left? Yeah, that he's just, like, he's staying so far underground that he is, like, ju- he's just there with Jarvis. <laughs> like, so far underground that he's, like, right next yeah, door. Yeah, he's right there, yeah. Like, and he's just like, be back by nine. Be ready by nine. That's interesting. Um... I, I'm gonna say it's probably not Howard Stark. Yeah. Um, I don't, but I'm not sure. And this is an interesting thought. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> we all just looked at Stephen Lemieux <laughs> giving us. We're, a thing. we're getting notes from the booth. Yeah. yeah. So we apologize. Um. Yeah. Anyway. What? Where were we? Oh, Jarvis. Yeah. Yes. So, but I, does he have a wife? It's there's something else going on. There's a For reason sure. we haven't been shown her. My theory, my theory, like mind is like working. At ha- I don't know why it's not coming out with anything crazy. Is he going right to be like now. Krieger from Archer and have like the robotic? Wife? <laughs> yeah, he might. I somehow doubt it. He might have a Japanese hologram wife. <laughs> Uh, with pink hair always in a wedding gown. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm coming up short. So you guys that are watching live, yeah, either tweet think? at us or leave or if you're chatting on YouTube, like tell us what are you thinking? Um what do you where do you think Jarvis's wife is or what is Jarvis's why, wife? What do you think? I mean, from a storytelling standpoint, there's got to be a reason why they didn't show her. Yeah. Like like it doesn't make any sense to just not have her present. Absolutely. Like it's, like it's not like they didn't have a budget for the show and they're like, oh, we can't cast a woman. In it. <laughs> like we, we've got enough people in it. Like we so, got one too many women in this yeah. show already. I tell you. <laughs> yeah. So there's there's, there's got to be a reason. Either she is someone we have seen before, uh, or oh. she doesn't exist, uh, or she is a hologram. <laughs> oh, Interesting. Um, or or it's someone who's just very important. Uh, in the Marvel universe, and like we haven't seen it, like and that's they're waiting a good point. for it. They're yeah, sitting on like, it, and then yeah. at the very end, they'll reveal her, and we'll be like, "Oh, it was her the whole time." Uh, it was, it was the thing. <laughs> <laughs> she walks out, and it's uh, it's Janet Van Dyne. That's what happened to yeah, her. <laughs> that's where she is. Oh no, and we'll and we will talk about the the Ant Man trailer that, sure, that sure. aired with this yeah. uh, later on during news and gossip. Um, but so moving on from Jarvis, and we won't. 
completely drop him. But well, well, to talk about at least uh, thematically, it's interesting that Jarvis is very domesticated and very like what you would say is the stereotypical like female role in this type of story. He is the one. He is occupying that role. You're absolutely uh, right. That's a good point. And and I I really enjoyed that dynamic where it's like he's like I'm sorry I have to tend to my wife. And, like, instead of, like, the woman being like, I, I have to be home by 9 because my husband will be there. Like, instead, he's doing the exact opposite role that you would normally see. Like, if, if it was any other store, it would be, like, the woman being like, oh, uh, the washing's almost done. Should I get rid of the... Should I get rid of the car after the washing is done? But instead, he's occupying that kind of domesticated well, role. And how many how many movies and TV shows have we spent like scenes where you know women are the ones stitching up the yeah. uh, the guy who's going out there and beating people up? So it's nice to see the reversal for a little bit. It's nice to see somebody supporting a female hero. Howard Stark zippers get a lot of wear. <laughs> <laughs> I got a point. I gotta. I gotta give a shout out to yeah. uh, James Farley, please at JM underscore Farley. Yeah, it was Crimson Dynamo. Crimson Dynamo. <laughs> uh, thank you, James <laughs> underscore Farley. I was. You have no idea if it looked like I wasn't present in this conversation. It's because I was like, is it the is it the Cold War? Uh, no. Is it the I read? No. Like what was it? Crimson Dynamo. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so let's let's talk about the the, the first of the two episodes. So we, sure. we the first one because there's a ton of stuff to talk about. Yeah, we have two hours, two a episodes. Lot of information. Um, which was great because it gave us like not just one week. Like this is what the show is going to be. Yeah. Um, now is not the time. Was episode one. Ooh. Um, and in this we got. I like that we've getting in both episodes. We got like some undercover stuff. Yeah. Um, I I like that she has to sort of. The, which, how she says she has to become a traitor. Peggy has to become a traitor to the country she's now trying to save. Yeah, she she just got this job with SSR, and she is now doing stuff behind their back. <laughs> yep. Well, it is kind of funny if you're looking at it from Shield's parallels right now, because sure. I guess a little bit of a spoiler alert if you're not keeping up with Shield. If you're not keeping up with Shield, just general spoiler alarms for this entire podcast yeah we apologize but you should really go watch agents of shield because they, it's really good the two will inevitably cross over at some point mm-hmm. so well because right now they're outlaws as well and she's becoming a traitor while you know being covert and what i really like about this too is how much spying is actually going on because it took shield about a season to really start feeling like a spy show um you know that it didn't start feeling like a spy show until after Winter Soldier came out when they had to be undercover. So it, it's really cool to see her pull out the gadgets, don disguises and everything, and and get into hand-to-hand combat with people, you know, that she needs to keep quiet. to Otherwise, her cover will be blown. Yeah, she has those Stark design <laughs> stuff to, like, pick a lock in, like, no time at all. Yeah, I had an issue with those gadgets because I was like, <laughs> where did she get them? Like, I do, I, yeah. I get that she works for SSR, but... They they should have someone who's like checking to see like, uh, who took the lipstick that makes someone fall asleep if they kiss you? Like who was that? Why would like, an office full of men have that? Uh, I don't know. Before <laughs> she was on the team, it was the guys dressing up as women and going and, and being the honeypot for uh, like a drop or something like this that. This is why we need more equal opportunity yeah, exactly. hiring. <laughs> but this it's a fair point that is it isn't really addressed. I think we yeah. were supposed to sort of accept it. Jesus I, I would love to know where they came from. If these are like, I, I guess, I just, 
me filling in the blanks, I assumed they were Stark, Stark Tech. Yeah, me too. Um, that he had left with her since they're good buddies well, and whatnot. Well, I really liked about that first thing where like she goes to find Spider. Uh, which I spelled with a Y incorrectly. <laughs> uh, but uh, I like that all the stuff that makes her, like, that people assume about her makes her a really good spy. Where it's like people think she's, you know, a good secretary. She's a good secretary. So she's really good at finding paperwork, like finding the information about uh, the Project Rebirth and all of the, um, uh, where did I put it? The, uh, the, the Vita rays, yeah, the Vita rays. Like because she was good at remembering where things were, <laughs> like she was able to find that almost immediately. And then because people think she's a tart, uh, she was able to go up to Spider like without any issue at all, and like go and get information from him. Like it was all the stuff that was being used against it's, her before she was then using it as a weapon. It's funny that you say that, and I, I wish I could remember the name, but I saw somebody posting on Facebook not too like about a week ago about um, a, a, a woman in France who was an Allied spy for years and years and years, like yeah. dropped down from a plane and everything into the country, and was undercover for for and was absolutely vital in giving really important information to the Allied forces, and she just recently got an. an Honor and I wish I could remember her name because it's it's very similar to what we're seeing with Agent Carter here. I mean, it's the secret of like basically the only person, the person that only people that know what Peggy Carter did is like Coulson and the top level of Shield. Yeah, um, that know how effect how much she shaped the world effectively by shaping Shield and bringing it to life. And more fun thematic stuff. Uh, when she's in fights, especially in the first episode, she's literally using like women's tools to fight people, like with with the stapler. Like and she staples that bodyguard, and then when uh, the voiceless guy uh, attacks her in her apartment, she's like using the oven and like using the fridge like, door, like, the fridge door, and like all this kind of stuff. So it's kind of cool that she's like fighting off the shackles that society has on her. Uh, while she is literally fighting an assassin, she's using the shackles <laughs> yeah. to fight. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I think, I, I'm glad that they weren't a little bit more subtle with that because it would have been really silly to just have her use a frying pan yes, <laughs> to yes. knock him out. Well, that's the thing because it's it's not like, hey, look, I have a frying pan to hit yeah. him in the face with. It's yeah. I, the way I imagine it happened. Like she's she plays with a stapler all day when she's bored at her desk because she's so good at like the crap work they have her do. Yeah, she's that like, she's I wonder like, how many ways I could kill a man. With <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. She's sitting there thinking about, all right, it takes this amount of pressure before it does this. So yeah. if I apply it and flip it out, and I can use it as like it's like a nunchuck in a sure, lot of sure, ways. Yeah. Like she could do a lot of damage with very like she knows how to use like her briefcase like she, she the best swords like she did they were still prying the staples out of him the next day <laughs> she did something she did some damage i was like i guess you don't want to show it on abc but like i was expecting a shot of like the guy's face <laughs> yeah. like stapled up yeah just the way they described it it was pretty gruesome <laughs> yeah. still pulling staplers if, out of her face if this was the dc universe that w- guy would then become a supervillain <laughs> stable face yeah. <laughs> agent um, Carter stapled me now i'll staple the world (laughs) but so (laughs) oh my god hire me dc (laughs) so in that in that club sequence there's a lot of great 40s-ness going on the dancing the music the great band 
Um, I love that she donned like the blonde wig, which is the character was blonde in yeah. the books yeah. originally. Um, the dialect. So, that's a nice little nod then. And she was American. Like yeah. that's the thing. Like that scene that was like that's the Peggy Carter that the comic books were. This American blonde. But that's not our Peggy Carter. Uh-uh. I really like our Peggy, Peggy Carter. They're both good. Yeah. But this one is just fun. Yeah. I'm really and, happy with the way it's turning out. And not to nothing, Haley Atwell looked real nice in that dress. <laughs> I gotta say it. No, if we're just talking about the 40s aesthetic of the show, you're mm. absolutely right. That was a stunning dress on her, and she killed it in that. It was great. She's got a great pair of getaway sticks. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Uh, I also <laughs> legs. That's legs. Uh, I got. Legs. I followed you. Uh, uh, I also like how she got time off for taking a sick day. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> it was like I have lady issues, and the guys were like, "Just go, just please go, get out of here." Here's, here's a million dollars. Just leave. I mean, the only thing that I, I, I it made me laugh. That yeah. scene was funny, only because, like, as a guy, like, yeah. if if I was in an office and somebody was like. There's, like, a certain amount of, like, deal with your stuff. I don't want to hear about it. Move along. Yeah. Um, especially in the 40s, much more, like, prudish time. Oh, I feel like I feel like guys in the 40s, I mean, guys now have zero idea what's going on. So I feel like guys, <laughs> I feel like guys in the 40s, like, would have even less, they'd be like, oh, of course, there's a dragon in your uterus. And, <laughs> like... Like I have no idea what they would have thought. Like, let's, like what is what are the euphemisms? Like let's just say the red skull is in town. Crimson Tide's a good one. Well, the Crimson Dynamo. <laughs> but um, on the Brought one hand, back. on the one hand, part of me is like, oh come on, like really, we're gonna fall back on that, like. But then on the other hand, it's like, no, she is absolutely using their own prejudice against her yeah. to further her yes, agenda. But it, my only hesitation on it is it feels like it's setting her back to use that kind of thing as that's, fodder. That's what I'm talking about. Like, I'm torn on it because, yeah, it gets a cheap laugh and, yeah, it's something that would have been effective. But you're absolutely right. It's like one step forward, two steps Cause back. That's, yeah, because that's that feeling of like... Oh well, now if she like you. Oh, you want to go into the field on this huge mission what if you that's going to take issues. Like, what if a huge, <laughs> a lot of missions for I imagine for Shield and for SSR like take over a month. Yeah, they sure. probably do. You're going to have lady issues at some point over that month. So <laughs> I guess you, since it was a problem for you that one day, we're not going to send you on the field. That's what it feels yeah. like to me. And so I, while it made me laugh, I didn't like the what it overall said. Yeah, no, it's. Um, again, you you have to hand it to her for using, again, their own prejudice and ignorance against them. But eventually it's going to be where she's, you know, where where she's going to have, where they're going to confront her at some point. Like, I feel like she's going to be caught or she's going to come clean. One oh, of the yeah. two. The story, yeah. the story so, she has to be caught, like, for sure. So you can only she, play dumb she, for so long. And then long. she kills everyone. <laughs> That's the thing. She's a really good spy. I hope you don't like any of the SSR agents because she's killing all of them when she blows her cover. Well, I mean, you got a clean house when you, you gotta, start up a new agency. Oh, yeah. Kazminsky with his mustard stains. He's, <laughs> He's going go. down. Go. It's a mustard stain on his soul. <laughs> Uh, I find Thompson suspicious. Yeah, I feel like everyone's a, Some, a something. Uh, something about him makes me think like he's a spy. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Actually, we, maybe it was the brief period that we got their names backwards, and yeah. I thought he was Russian. <laughs> yeah. um, but he is—he does feel like he, there's just something he's hiding. Something's off. We actually got a tweet um, from Joel Berkeley Lewis. Uh, was it just me, or did others already get that there is a Hydra plant in the SSR? Oh, oh it's got yeah. yeah. He he's might blonde. be Hydra. He's <laughs> blonde and blue-eyed. It's yeah. that guy. It's the <laughs> Nazi-looking guy. <laughs> I'm gonna guess it's that guy. Yeah. What was that? Well, when that it's guy not a bad guess. Around, when that guy turned around and he secretly whispered to himself, "Hail Hydra." <laughs> <laughs> that, really, that really tipped it off to me. You got the wheels turning yeah. a little bit. Something's like, not right about that guy. For the record, guy, for anyone who like Hydra thinks they missed himself. something, that no, did not happen. That did not happen. I was like, I'll give this guy seven more Hail Hydras, <laughs> and then I'm gonna start being suspicious. Um, but the guy that we're not suspicious of, although maybe we should be, is Agent uh, Daniel Sousa. Yeah. Yeah. Who will go on to make great music. Which I I am really glad that he can still walk because when when they introduce him and the guy is like, you know, stand are you going to stand up for her? Yeah. I was fully expecting him to be in a wheelchair when they when they pulled back. And he is still he is still handicapped. He is still, you know, obviously he he has war injuries. But um, but I was I was kind of uh, part of me was relieved <laughs> to see that he was still <laughs> able to walk even with a cane. Yeah, yeah. Um, he seems like the most competent guy in the office. Like competent. He's the one that's the least pig-headed. Yes, sure. he respects Peggy, yeah. and like we like him for that. And then, but that serves as good. Uh, what I liked about that is it served as a good setup. For Peggy to effectively betray him, betray yeah. his trust and the fact that he cares about her, which will be great once it's revealed what she's doing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Where she's trying to break into his desk. And because he actually thinks of her as a competent agent, it's, you know, he's the one most likely to, to figure it out that it was her. I, I also like when he stood up for her, how she was like, hey, stop doing that. Like, I thought yeah. that was a really interesting moment where it's like, hey, I can take care of myself. Like, stop. Well, it's also standing up for her puts him above, above her, her exactly. where he needs yeah. to stand up for her, whereas she should just be able to be like, no, back off. Uh. I want I would love to get more into this. So much more to talk about. There's we still tons, have to talk tons. about like, the molecular nitramine sure, sure, and sure. The, the throat guys and yeah. all oh my that. God, we still guys. have a whole second episode that we haven't really dived into, guys. Nope. Um, and before we do that, very, very quickly... It's our first episode. So, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to this premiere episode. I hope you're enjoying it. And the best way that you can help us keep this studio. But if you guys watch any other AfterBuzz shows, you might notice this studio looks a lot different. It looks mm-hmm. awesome. Um, and part of the reason we're able to do those things like studio makeovers, the way we're keeping the lights on, the way that we can get guests in the studio for any of our shows, we're doing 99 shows a week. Whoa. 99 free podcasts that you can get. And the best way that you can help, go on to iTunes, hit us with a subscribe, just click the button. It's real easy. And then if you could, hit us with a rating and a review. It takes 30 seconds, a minute of your time. If you want to write us a better one, maybe two minutes. Maybe just, can, You can spare two minutes to help us out. Hit us with a review. And next week, and for the weeks that we're doing this panel, we'll give you guys a shout-out on the show. Thank you guys for tuning in. All right, let's get into episode number two. And everything going on with the molecular nitromine, uh, what is it, bridge, bridge and tunnel. Bridge and tunnel. Is it me or when that stuff goes off? Did did either of you get like Spider Man two vibes? <laughs> just yeah, just for a moment. Yeah. Just for a moment. A little bit. Yeah, it's. 
It's a suck bomb? <laughs> it's an implosion. Uh, yeah. It causes yeah, a well, vacuum. That's, that's an interesting way of saying it. I think suck bomb is better. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it, it causes everything to implode. Uh, and, like, so it goes off and rocks on uh, Energy's oil refinery, and everything gets, like, sucked into it. And that's in the first episode. Yeah. Where, it has a 500-yard blast radius. Yeah. Uh, Which is nuts. Where we see James Urbaniak and he, we think he dies. Yeah. For, and then <laughs> he he's made not a, dead. Two, like a what? A 30 second appearance in episode yeah. one. Yeah. And then uh, come, James Urbaniak, also known as Dr. Venture. Sure. <laughs> Which you could hear for that. the four lines, for, <clears throat> for the four lines that he had yeah. in the show. He was doing, he was doing super science there as well. And, yep. but this time more confidently. Uh, <laughs> but I, with, with his character though, how, how in the world did he survive? Like, we got no even hint at an explanation. Yeah, maybe there's, maybe there's, like, the character seems really incompetent. Maybe there's something, like, more sinister to him. Like, maybe he's, like, plain incompetent on purpose. But really, he's got, he's got multiple, he's got, he's got something up his sleeve. What do you think, Internet? I think (laughs) he's got something up his sleeve. I mean, what, uh, what, like, I don't know. I don't well, know what he's doing I mean, there. Peggy yeah. and Jarvis were driving away, you know, full throttle away from the blast, and they barely made it out. And this guy was knocked out in the middle of the refinery. Yeah. I, I, I How do you escape that? Did he have a secret tunnel somewhere? I mean, no, because a tunnel, it's a... Bl- Actually, this is one thing that I, I call pseudoscience <laughs> BS on. Yeah. Um... If it's a blast like that, it's also going to suck up the ground. Sure. It's going to go 500 yards down as well as up. Um, so there should have been a massive crater there. Where Unless the... they specify that it's a 500-yard lateral blast. <laughs> uh, then I doubt that the bomb was sitting at a perfect, like, on like a 90-degree angle, perpendicular to the ground. But we see, we see what the power of one bomb can do. Yes. Yeah. Which is a lot. Uh, and we see, uh, Leet Brannis, if that's his name. Uh, we were playing oh Jesse more than anyone <laughs> oh with what, look, so Leet Brannis is this creepy guy. He has the little triangular, like, his vocal cords have been removed. Yeah. Is basically what it looks like. Him and our creepy mustached man. I was convinced Who that killed his, Colleen. Not cool. I was convinced Colleen. that Leet Brannis was an anagram for something. So I yeah. came up with some. Can you share? What yeah. are, what are our <laughs> options? Uh, we've got Berlin Steen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like a Stein, like Berlin Stein. No, no. Stein. E A N. We've got Nate's Bean. <laughs> uh, we've got Stan Brainel. We've got Brain Sleen. We've got Banter Lines and Brian's Leetan. <laughs> no, that's what I came up with. I had Berlin Eaton. It was I think I might have reused some a letter in there. Uh, no, you didn't. But there what would have to be mean? an S. No, like eaten, like eating, but know, without but, a G. But you need you need an S in there anyway to. to oh, like, to, I, to full, I forgot a letter to fully anagram it. Yeah. So Seton, yeah, Berlin Seton. So Stan Breen or Leet Brennis or whatever his name is. Um, Leet uh, so maybe we're off on the anagram thing, <laughs> yeah. but um, what are you guys thinking? Like, what's his story? I have I have to think he was involved in Leviathan. Well, he's a defector. 
Yeah. Like, we see when they're using the thing that they used on uh, Fringe, which is the typewriter, <laughs> like, going back and forth. Yeah. Uh, which is cool. Like, it's such a cool effect. Like, I don't mind that they used it on Fringe. It's, like, a really cool kind of I think, device. Was it a real thing at some point? I have no idea. It could be. Uh, people, it's like a telegraph, only yeah. with a typewriter. Yeah. And it looked like it was wireless. Like it was, he was getting a radio signal. I mean, Jarvis uh, goes wireless. On the, he has a cell I mean, phone at same, one point. This is the same show where Peggy takes her watch and it can, you know, it that can was crack cool. I did, it it was didn't really make cool. sense, but it was really cool. It was really cool. But uh, here's our suspension of disbelief. Yeah, if it wasn't a real device, oh, yeah, which not, I really wish it was. Yeah, uh, but but it looks like he's a defector, and because uh, our blonde mustache guy was asked to find him and find the the seller and, like, to kill Leap Brannis as well as the seller of this stuff. So it looks like he's a, a Levi- Leviathan defector. Yeah, creepy guy getting 1940s text messages yeah. from, from <laughs> Leviathan. That are basically just all about murder. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, what are you wearing right now, creepy guy? <laughs> 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 Love Leviathan. Uh, so, well, let's talk about Leviathan. Sure. Um, what are your guys' thoughts? Well, I know I know a little bit of Leviathan from the comic books, uh, but my experience with him, well, there was like a guy named Leviathan. Which was, we're told it's not. I mean, it could be a, yeah. a red herring, but. Who was part of an organization called Leviathan, which was like the Cold War version of, like, if uh, if Hydra is to World War II, Leviathan is to Cold War. Uh, like, the, because of the Cold War, Leviathan was made. Now, in the comic books, like, it was a guy who was, like, doing all, like, these weird, like, he had, like, horns and stuff like that, I remember. And, like, a S.H.I.E.L.D., like, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. comic book, not the one that is based off of the show right now, but, like, the one before. Uh like and there so there was a lot of like that kind of stuff going on. I don't think this is the same Leviathan, but it could um, similar to how like you were saying uh, the Whiplash. Yeah, sure. The Ivan Vanko is sort of a combination. Like it could yeah. be using that basic and twisting it. Whereas that sprang out of the Cold War. Maybe yeah. Leviathan is sort of what brings about the Cold War. Yeah. yeah. Honest, um, honestly, I I feel like they're they're probably going to make some changes because they've made a lot of changes, you know, from Shield and everything like that. So, and in the Marvel movie universe in general, yeah, I we know right now that Hydra is laying low. You know, it's in ashes right now, but it's rebuilding and ultimately it's playing a long con. Mm-hmm. You know, anybody yeah. who's seen Winter Soldier knows that. But if I, you cut off one head, two grow back. Yeah. This could be a subsect of Hydra sure. that is just kind of doing its own thing. And or it could be part of a longer con to to go ahead and, you know, because they had a lot of like, we we cause chaos here and then we, we figure out the ways they react to it, you know, by being on the inside and everything like that. So it it could be part of a bigger plan. Okay, I, I stray away from that it's Hydra. Um, I think that it it doesn't feel right because they sort of they seem to be attacking the SSR, which if Hydra's trying to take it over from the inside, seem like fighting two fronts seems ill. Counterintuitive. Yeah, yeah counterintuitive. Well, but- this is still before Shield was a thing. So it could be that this was just kind of their their plan to try to nip it in the bud, and then when Shield actually became a thing, they're like, "This isn't going to work." True, we need a longer but game. It, maybe it's different. Maybe it's like a piece of Hydra that's broken off. 
Yeah, it might be that. Yeah, like I said, they could just be doing their own thing. They're like, yeah. Hydra's dead. We will rise from the ashes. Yeah, I, I do like the idea that it's, like, from the Russians. Yeah. Um, and it kind of leads to, like, because they're chasing this Leviathan lead, it leads to kind of, like, this final clash where all everyone's meeting at this one guy's house who is the, the truck driver from the dairy place. We got that cool scene where she's, like, and now she's the dairy oh, inspector. Yeah. Sheldon McPhee. <laughs> Sheldon McPhee. Yeah. Uh, is the driver and like they're so like they all meet because that dairy truck has like a it's full to the brim with these suck bombs and uh, <laughs> and uh, oh please don't let that catch on <laughs> the ultimate suck uh, if you will when uh, it goes into the river uh, yeah <laughs> uh, but uh, like it kind of leads to this clash where like. Uh, uh, Agent Carter shows up and she handcuffs this dude after she beats the crap out of him. Great moment as he's mm. walking through the field. Yeah, uh, and uh, and then we've got the two Leviathan guys showing up, and we've got the agents from SSR showing up, all in the same place at the exact same time. And they find uh, Susa finds the key. Yeah, to, to the, to the, the, where the hotel where the hotel that at. she was staying. Yeah, she's not staying there anymore. Uh-uh. All of it, including the plate being found at the end, is all basically evidence that's like, this leads back to Howard Stark. Exactly, yeah. It's Instead of helping Stark, she's making a better case for him being a traitor. Yeah, and we're, we're starting to run out of time, unfortunately. So much to talk about. Oh, that so we've, much information. And we've barely covered it all. So I want to... Um, the little that we haven't like gotten into. Ray Weiss was there for a very small amount of time. Yes. He was awesome. He's such a good actor. <laughs> yeah. I'm so excited that he's on this show, that he has a strong rivalry with Howard Stark. Yeah. Um it's I mean, that's gonna be a great play by play. I wanna get them in the same yeah, room. We gotta see him in the same so room. So yeah. The, those two oh my god, Dominic Cooper and Ray Weiss. Oh. Be really cool. Actor just explosion. Um any other things that you guys really liked about this episode? Like, any standout moments or scenes? Um, I like how it didn't look like a TV show. Like, like they purposefully shot it where it didn't look like any TV show you've seen. Where, like, they were going for some angles that you don't usually see. They were going for shots that you don't usually see on TV shows. Like, it, it looked... It didn't look like a movie. It just kind of... It, but it also did not look like a TV show. Like, it was specifically shot in a different way, which really helped build the world that they were making. It had, like, if you were doing a noir TV show. Yeah. It was the perfect hybrid of the two. Yeah, uh, which which I really enjoyed. I, I, I liked a lot of the thematic stuff that they brought up in it, and I think, like, as long as they keep going with that, that's going to pay off really well at the end of the show. Yeah. Megan? I, I agree. It was very cinematic. It was great to sit down and watch. And, you know, the scenes where they cut back to Captain America and then we get back. It, it looks like the same production value. Yeah. Um, just going back and forth between the TV show and the film. And I really liked the stunt choreography. Like, all of the action scenes were really well done and really well shot and really well paced. It was it was just fun to watch. Yeah, she was yeah. brutal. That moment where she jumps onto the car yeah. as it's speeding yeah. <laughs> away and just like slips into the door. I wanted to say it as we were watching, but like I didn't I was too engrossed in the show. I was like, guys, I think I'm in love. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, that's the thing. Like again, that was a great reversal of the characters. Where, like, yeah, because normally would be the, the girl, girl would be driving, driving the, car, the getaway car, and the guy on top, like, "Don't worry, babe, I got it." Like <laughs> well, slips in. Well, no, and I gotta say that as a woman, it's exceedingly gratifying to see that reversal because I've seen a million guys get into cars that way in TV sure. and movies, and I think I've seen one woman do that. Maybe Black Widow. I don't know. I I yeah. have to go back and rewatch. Um, yeah. Great moments. Um, the other, the just a moment I feel like I want to comment on is when they're beating up uh, or Leet Brand or not Leet Brandis, um James Urbaniak. James Urbaniak yeah. uh, in the in the room. They're <laughs> smack. They're punching him in the face. Like yeah. he's biting down the he's stick. He's not gonna remember anything. And all I'm thinking is, you never start with the head. The victim gets all woozy. <laughs> If you um, knock them out, you won't get any information. Yeah, yeah that exactly. was a really big, like unnecessarily big stick to use as like something to bite down yeah, on. Yeah, not you gonna get be very effective. More like, compact. Also, really the hard. carrot was really big too. If we're gonna be talking about, like, I was like, I, I was looking, I was like, I've never seen a carrot that big. Carrot is sick, man. Uh, you make your pick, and no matter what it is, it's terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's sure. Um, and real quick, um, Stephen, do we have time to just talk about the Ant Man trailer? All right, right, we got the thumbs up, folks. So let's do. Let's call it news and gossip. News and gossip. Afterbuzz. It's not quite about this, but it did air with it. It's Marvel. Um, Ant Man trailer. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I've ever brought this up. Hank Pym, the original Ant Man. Hank Pym and Wasp are some are two of my as a team, especially are some of my favorite characters. I, I, I'm a big fan of Hank Pym. I I basically just ignore that one comic from the 70s <laughs> where he smacked his wife. I'm just, in my mind, it didn't happen. Because um, I refuse to let one writer's choice affect what is otherwise a great character. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, and he has some issues. In the books, he's actually, they revealed recently that he's bipolar. Yeah. Like, this is a very fleshed out character. Um, so I've been excited for Ant-Man. I was disappointed when Edgar Wright stepped down. Yeah, Very same much here. so. Um, but what do you guys think of what we saw in the trailer? Well, it was actually nice seeing it with dialogue because we we saw it online with it absolutely a- zero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I, I'm excited for it. I mean, especially when I heard. Uh, I think you said that someone told you it was it was supposed to be kind of like uh, that was Ocean, Zach. Oh yeah. yeah, Ocean's Eleven, but with Ant Man. Like, like a heist a, movie. It is, yeah. It's a heist movie. Yeah. I mean, that's exciting. That's really exciting. Uh, I think the casting is perfect for it then, if that's the way it's going to go. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, Michael Douglas and Hank Pym, it works. Yeah. I'm disappointed that we don't get Young Hank um, Young Hume. However, in my mind, this is just leaving room for a TV <laughs> show in the future sure. where we go back and do Hank Pym and Janet Van Dyne. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Is like uh, Hank is a very interesting character because of all of his like feeling inadequate and all of that kind of stuff. Like he's a superhero, yet he doesn't feel good enough. Like it's a very interesting kind of dynamic that he has. Scott is a rogue. Like he's like he's a hot it, shot. It makes sense why you would make a movie about Scott because he is just kind of like this rogue guy. He fits who's that like, archetype. Yeah. yeah, I I always I thought they were gonna do. <clears throat> more straight up to steal an Ant-Man Yeah, that would be really cool. I know that's what Edgar Wright supposedly wanted to do, but they bent it. Um, What the trailer says to me, what it looks like, and I basically, after watching, I'm like, that's not, that doesn't look terrible. No. Because I'm very scared of this movie. Um, (laughs) The one good point for it is that I trust Kevin Feige. Yeah. Um, He's, I've talked about this theory before, basically, in terms of like modern, I would put Kevin Feige as the first person you could say is the first producer that I would label as an auteur. 
because you look at his body of work, sure. and there's there is a very consistent feel and just look, and it, it all fits together. Just like Kubrick's stuff, all while it's different, and each one has different things that but it make all stand fits out. Together, yeah. They all have a similar feel to it, and yeah. Feige manages to do that, and that I think is why eventually Edgar Wright fell out because Edgar Wright and Kevin Feige's two visions were never going to match up. Sure, fair enough. I I gotta say. I have no uh, kind of the same way how I feel about most Marvel stuff coming out. I have no doubt that it'll be good, but out of the Marvel announcements, this is the one I'm least excited for. I I've got to be honest. Like I said, I have no doubt that it'll be good, but it's I'm not really t- super excited for it. Also, Agent Carter, there were no women in that trailer. There, there was, was like a, there was like a very <laughs> there was a little brief girl shot and there, Evangeline Lilly for two seconds. Yeah, there was a very brief shot of of Evangeline Lilly, and then there was a shot of his daughter. And other than that, there were no women in that trailer. And then at the very end, when he hops onto a wasp, it's like, can we not actually have the real wasp in this movie? What's going on here? I mean, I think they're just saving that reveal. I've my basic what I think is going to happen is Evangeline Lilly, because it's an original character, um, is basically going to become the wasp to Scott Lang's Ant-Man. So you're going to get the same fighting dynamic of Ant-Man and the wasp, but it's... This weird thing where it's like a Pim's daughter as the wasp Whoa. and Lang- it, so that's and they're gonna fall in love and yeah, sure. nonsense. Um, that's my <laughs> thinking on it. Oh, that, all that nonsense. Yeah, <laughs> but there's gonna be a dwarf that she also is kind of in love with. <laughs> Different movie. They, oh, they have to go sorry. back. <laughs> they, they have to go back. Um, all movies are the same thing. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's good. That's good enough for us talking about Ant Man. Let's quickly now, do some practice. What did we see going forward? Um, Jarvis is uh, getting into all kinds of crazy heat trouble because he's going to get caught. He is. To, is he in hot? Did I write in hiding or hot hinder? water? I don't know. He's in trouble. Jarvis <laughs> uh, in hot water. Um, Thompson is suspe- is suspicious of yeah. what's going on. Um, what do you guys think for not just like next week, but the whole show? As we we got six more weeks of this. I think from a storytelling standpoint, they're going to keep playing kind of the tension of her betraying her bosses, and at the same time, kind of pushing their like. I'm interested to see like if she keeps on solving these crimes that her bosses at SSR are trying to solve at the exact same time. Like they've got to they've got to eventually figure it out. Like uh right now they're looking for a blonde lady. Uh but eventually they'll figure it out from a storytelling standpoint. That's just kind of like the way it will go. Yeah, that no. tension has to keep on playing. Um I think I, do, we'll, oh. I think we'll also see more bad babies. Uh Oh, that's I think every week we're going to yeah. get a new bad baby. Uh I kind of I came up with some ideas for what they were because this takes place in the past, so I was like thinking of like future things. Ooh, lay, lay it on us. So like future things that cause like havoc in the future even though the first one was kind of made up, I was thinking maybe they'd be based off of things that happen. So like I have the hot pocket. So maybe <laughs> Maybe he invented the hot pocket, and that was in his vault. And, it's so hot, it burns yeah, to the core of the earth. Yeah, that was what caused the the hole in his vault in the first place. Um, I thought uh, maybe the sitcom Joey, like that was a bad baby that he invented. 
How did he do that years before any Howard of the starts, Friends cast? Howard were, starts were a born. man ahead of his time. He's ahead of his time. He's thinking multiple steps ahead. Yeah, he exactly. knew that there was going to be this great hit show, yeah. and then what to do with it once it was done. Yeah. I, I uh, suppose that would be terrible for the world. Eiffel eighty five song Blue. All right, uh, I'm gonna, I'll, okay. I'll stop. I have the list. Any I real gave you three. Okay. Uh, uh, well, yeah, I think I think it's going to be more of that. I think I think we'll see more Leviathan. I definitely there's got. I mean, it's a spy drama, so there's got to be double agents. There could be like double double agents. There what, could are you be a some, triple agent? Yeah, like like there could be like multiple layers to who's betraying who. We see that Stark has like an end game that he hasn't told her yet. So I'm interested to see that. Yeah, that's that's the big thing is that we know from at the end of episode one that Stark is in some way betraying her, the very least lying to her about some Something, things, whether yeah. that's a lie of omission or whether he's genuinely a traitor. But actually, uh, again, same person, Joel Berkeley Lewis, Thanks, brings Joel. up on Twitter um, that a lot of the people, you know, being put on the stand happened a lot during the Red Scare. You know, yes. Howard Hughes was sure. one of those people. So this could be a parallel with that. And if we're keeping with the Iron Man 2 parallels, who was the person that was grilling him? That that senator guy that actually turned out to be Hydra. Uh, you know, the people who are trying to pin something on Stark could, in fact, be working for Leviathan. Sure. Very true. Yeah, very true. It would be interesting to see some Red um, Scare stuff. I think we're gonna. I think we are gonna see some stuff that is related to technology that we've seen, like, but in like a, a real way. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> I, I think by the end of this season, um, this is my big prediction for the show. I yeah. think that they are going to find, in one way or another, something related to the Inhumans and what's Ooh. happening on Shield, so and that'll tie. tie it I think in. right in the ep- right in week seven, episode eight. I think we're, we're gonna get some Terragon mist. Uh, oh yeah, the Terrigen. Yeah, Terrigen, Terrigen Mist. I don't know how to pronounce it. I've only oh. read it. Well, <laughs> yeah. I was, I was actually thinking. I, I wonder who we're going to see because we could, we could see. You know, there were plenty of flashbacks. We see that, you know, in the preview that we're going to get some Howling Commandos yeah, back, so at dum, least dum, one. Dum, 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 <laughs> Um, see that I think mustache we, out a mile away because we saw her with them in the flashback on Shield. It had they have to show up. Not yeah. just him, but like hopefully more of the team. Also, Whitehall's in a jail cell somewhere. That's yeah. great. <laughs> I don't think we're going to do anything Probably going not. into S.H.I.E.L.D., like the flash forwards or anything like that, but I, we are, I think we will get some drops that will connect and make reference and will come up again in S.H.I.E.L.D. I hope yeah. so. And some bad babies that are that S.H.I.E.L.D. is going to be uh, not hot pockets, holding no. up to. Not hot pockets. They're too dangerous for anybody. I'd like to see some Invaders stuff, which would be interesting as well for comic book fans. It would invaders be cool. would be cool. It would be cool. And, but with that, I think we're going to have to wrap it up. Yep. We're getting played off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> thank you guys for joining us. We had so much. We didn't get to anything. No. Talk about it in the comments on YouTube. I want to know what you guys think. Please let us know. And we're going to jump in on that conversation as well. Yeah. And if you want to tweet your thoughts at us, Megan, where can they tweet at you? You can follow me on Twitter at the Menguin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. I'm also on a bunch of shows here at AfterBuzz. Uh, yeah, you can find me at JessKlein1, that's J-E-S-S-K-L-E-I-N, the number one. You can find me doing live comedy in L.A. 
And you guys can follow me on Twitter at ThatZachWilson, T-H-A-T-Z-A-C-H-W-I-L-S-O-N, and a bunch of shows here at AfterBuzz. Grim, Helix is coming back in a couple weeks. Uh, tons of other stuff. Better Call Saul in February. Guys, I'm Zach Wilson, and thanks for geeking out with us. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.